Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. Happy Drive to Survive Day. Don't worry, no spoilers. I've not actually watched it myself yet. I've been kind of working all day. I think there'll be two types of people tonight, either those on social media talking about the new series of Drive to Survive or those like us talking about day two of testing. One group of those people will be probably a little bit more nerdy than the others. Day two saw Bahrain have more epic reliability as a whole. The usual red flag interruptions that we so often see at tests weren't there. That's not to say there weren't some red flags and issues today. Uh, more so than yesterday, actually. Zhou Guanyu led day two of F1 testing from Verstappen after putting on some soft tyres. The session was stopped after George Russell caused a red flag with hydraulic problems and Carlos Sainz led the morning session from Logan Sargent, who also put on some soft tyres to do those runs. I am joined once again today by our man in Bahrain, Stuart Codling, Collars, I believe you are spending tomorrow trackside. What sort of things are you going to be looking for? Well, I'm going to be seeing if the much vaunted badness of the McLaren is as obvious as my colleagues who've been out today uh, have, have described it. It sounds like it's a bit of a nightmare. Let's talk about McLaren admitting that they haven't hit their targets. Neither driver looks particularly comfortable in the car because testing isn't about the times, at least not day one, day two. It's not about the the times, it, the fuel loads, etc. But often, as someone who's been doing it as long as you have and the guys we have out there, you can stand trackside and look at the behaviour of a car and its poise and how much they're wrestling it. Or uh, you stand on the the apex of a corner and you just kind of have this. You develop this sense of what the car looks like. Tell us about the McLaren and why so many people are saying, "Ooh, they might be in for a rough start to the year." Yes. You know, of of course, 
anyone who tells you that they can tell a car's going half a mile an hour faster than another or uh, is is a is a tenth of a second faster than another just by standing at one corner and looking is is probably yanking your chain but it is possible to see a lot about how a car is behaving when you stand at certain pinch points on a circuit when you see the the transitions around certain fast corners when there's a lot of movement when there's acceleration and the the problem with the mclaren is that it it looks like a handful it looks like it's unbalanced so as as around as it's transiting through corners where it's gathering speed it's it it looks unstable and the the drivers are having to back out of the throttle a little bit so it it's looking like it's less stable than it should be and and that's an interesting thing in itself because a lot of the teams have targeted the problem of instability at mid-speed corners and high-speed corners, especially when when turning in. They were saying that in the first year of ground effect, because a lot of the teams had uh, started the year running their cars close to the floor to try and maximise the ground effect, then run into that porpoising stroke bouncing thing, they stiffened the suspension and, and that sort of stopped or or, or mitigated some of the bouncing problems but it it also caused more problems in that it made the cars a little bit unstable in certain conditions so a, a lot of the teams have redesigned either their front suspension or their back suspension or both this season with the aim of finding more stability so the fact that mclaren have not advanced and have said they're actually not met their development goals is quite disturbing. Uh, Oscar Piastri said he felt that the, the this year's car was a small step from last year's car, but he only drove that once in testing in Abu Dhabi. So different conditions. So that's very interesting. Another interesting matters arising today, a buzzword I'll share with you now, and it's one that you'll probably hear a lot in the uh, the coming weeks. Uh, it's it's called scaling. Scaling is the word Esteban Ocon used uh, today to describe what Alpine have been doing and what a lot of other teams have been doing is to experiment with various uh, suspension setups and aero setups to see how far they can push it, what sort of window they have to operate in before the car starts to bounce. So people who've been watching testing on F1 TV and have maybe seen the car start bouncing and are saying to themselves, well, why are all these journalists reporting the drivers saying the cars have stopped bouncing when I can see it with my own eyes? That is the teams experimenting with scaling. And uh, <clears throat> word reached us from uh, Ferrari yesterday that Charles Leclerc, his his run yesterday was the one where they were doing the aforementioned scaling and he was absolutely incandescent that with rage that uh, he was going to have to spend his portion of track time just basically messing about and not chasing a lap time. How does that translate to what Mercedes are going through, if at all, if nothing at all? Because Mercedes have talked about a wayward car balance. So what does what does that mean? I gather it's kind of mid-corner when the tyres are screaming and there's no grip. I, I mean, I guess that's a better problem to have and to solve than realising your whole floor is wrong and your <laughs> car is, you know, your, your, your car is bouncing. Can you tell us about Mercedes today and the issues they had? And also, uh, there was a red flag because of the hydraulic issue. But if you can start with kind of what they've been saying about their balance being all wrong. In the press conference today, George Russell described it as a nice problem to have because it's kind of solvable, whereas you think 12 months ago, 
uh, as, as he said, they they had lots and lots of problems, a huge, huge list of things to solve. So uh, this this problem, which is that the, the car just feels like it's kind of floating, like it's, it, it's not really digging in and biting and responding as it should at, at these sort of medium high speed corners. That that's a problem that they feel that they can tune out. So that that's a team that has manifestly not been performing these uh, a great deal of these scaling experiments because they've been trying to drill down into into working out the the fine tuning of the setup. So the the mid corner balance is important because that affects the driver's confidence with how far they're going to push it on the way out and if the car is already starting to sort of move underneath them and say well do you know i might yellow card you at any instant and throw you off they're not going to be quite as committed on the throttle and pushing towards the corner exit as as much as they could and that's maybe a problem that costs you maybe a tenth maybe half a tenth in that corner if it's doing it consistently in every corner then you're basically leaking time all through the lap so it's it's not good and needs to be dialed out but at least they feel that they could manage that and then yes uh, towards the end of today's session the car ground to a halt with a hydraulic problem uh, apparently the, the the word from the garage was that it was stuck in fourth gear right okay so from leaking time to leaking fluid thank you i'm here all week. Try the veal. Sorry about that. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about Ferrari. You mentioned them already, but in terms of Ferrari's pace, the runs they were doing today, what were Ferrari working on? Playing at KG, they also sort of experimented with setups. It looked like they were doing a lot of um, moderately heavy tanked runs. So we've not quite seen everything they've got yet. And with the exception of a couple of laps when they, they, they did seem to be putting on sticky tyres and seeing what was going on, they, they were not really revealing their full hand. And it was a, one of these days where it's all sort of systems checks, setups checks, evaluating the car's behaviour on different tyre compounds and all the very boring and non-spectacular stuff that led um, one of the F1 PR men stroke spin doctors to come round and have a little chat about what they might be doing to spice up the uh, spectacle of Grand Prix weekends. And I said, well, you know, you could spice up the spectacle here by, I don't know, cabaret or something at lunchtime. <laughs> a lunchtime cabaret to go alongside the buffet. That, that would be nice. Uh, very, very Vegas. And we saw Gunter Steiner with his Las Vegas jacket on uh, today promoting that race i'm sure he features heavily in drive to survive no spoilers haven't watched it um let's talk about some big mileage being done today who is gonna uh need an ice bath tonight logan Sargent put in a few miles didn't he today uh yes he did today's big mileage uh coverers stroke people who might need to sit on a soft cushion uh after they've had their ice bath uh fernando alonso very busy day in the aston martin and uh yeah increasingly Im- impressive and uh, word leaking out from there that They've been running on quite heavy tanks, so it's not all been glory runs. Um, very, very interesting. Um, Joe Guan Yu, uh, not just that late, late session glory run on the soft tyres. He's also covered a good sort of couple of couple and a half of Grand Prix distances today. Logan Sargent, yeah, um, also covered a lot of miles. Um, 
came into the garage at the end and parked outside. The, as, as I left the track, it was a little bit uncertain what, what had actually happened there. It looked like they were just performing an extraction test and sort of to familiarise him with the routines of what to do if uh, there was an accident and the car ended up live. Before we move on from Williams, I like talking about uh, some of the teams which don't, don't always get the uh, all the attention. Talking Williams, we saw James Vowles. Uh, he's here. He's in Team Colours, of course. He's in his branded clothing. Mercedes to Williams. What could possibly go wrong, Paddy Lowe? I'm James Vowles, I mean. What could possibly go wrong? Look, uh, in all seriousness, he's got no technical director. There's some aero chief issues there. I mean, he's walking into a job with a huge amount to do. What would what's James Vowles' priority to get done at Williams? Well, he said today, uh, and and for a man who's generally lived in the background uh, of Grand Prix racing, he talks very well in public, and that's because for for many years now he's he's given uh, a sort of a, a a weekend strategy briefing to selected media, uh, the sort of the, the big brains of the paddock who are, are deemed capable of understanding such things. And, uh, you know, the, um, they're very, very, very interesting, those those sessions. So, you know, he knows how to speak. He's very articulate and he's very scientific in his outlook. And uh, there are some very interesting matters arising from the press conference today, which you know, apart from launch activities which he wasn't even part of because he hadn't even started uh, work there, a rare occasion where we saw him speak in public. Um, He talked about, obviously he's from an engineering background, uh, strategy engineer. One of the main adjustments he's having to make is into a life where he's not having to be across car performance. His job is now the team, the people, the cohesion, making sure they have the right tools, making sure the right people are in the right place, dealing with sponsors, all that sort of thing. So it's very much a, a move up a level for him. He's not one of these uh, team principals from an engineering background like, say, Mike Crack at Aston Martin, who still very stay very embedded in car performance. He says he wants to be away from that, except at a senior executive level. Uh, and he said, yeah, their, their main priority is to recruit a technical director because... Um, they they don't have one as 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 a result of and if he had a marvelously euphemistic turn of phrase as a result of the changes over the winter, uh, which of course meant previous technical director and team principal being given a paycheck and um, instructed to clear their desks. So question for him now is how does he recruit a technical director? For my money, that's actually quite difficult because while there are no shortage of armchair experts on the internet who think they could do that job uh, there's a few out there there, there's there's a few out there there's 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 a lot of pundits in the media who clearly think they could do that job actually the, the the a technical director role in a formula one team is very highly involved with a few exceptions it's a management role rather than a hands-on engineering role, although you know the likes of Adrian Newey do get involved deeply in the engineering matters. Others, less so. They are more executive and they manage and have the right people in the right place. The, the thing is, when you have a team like Williams, which has a reputation as the sick man of the paddock, um, you know, no word of a lie, various people, including some people within the team, have been heard to utter in the past 12 months that really 
the ex-team principal, Jos Capito, would have had a much easier job if he'd been able to fire most of the team and, and rehire a lot of them. There are deep-seated cultural issues, very much a sort of a, an attitude of, this is how we do things and we will not change. And the, the winning culture that James Vowles needs to import from Mercedes is to say that everything is up for change. Even things that have made us successful, mindsets that have made us successful, are not unchallengeable. Nothing is unimprovable, only unimproved. The question you now have, as you are James Vowles, composing um, the, the job advert and wondering who he might try and approach to do this is who in their right mind who is qualified to do this job would actually want to come and work for Williams and have to deal with a bunch of people he'll want to fire inside five minutes and it's the problem that Adrian Newey had when he moved to Red Bull which had been Jaguar there were an awful lot of people there who said this is how we do it at Jaguar and um, Adrian Newey says you know he said in interviews he said in his autobiography great read by the way this may have been how he used to do it my friend but we are going to be doing it differently now and if you don't like it the door is that way so what James Vowles needs to do is recruit someone and make it part of their job spec that um, they are empowered and indeed encouraged to put on the hobnail boots and and kick backside if need be. There's an interesting, you mentioned it already, there is an interesting theme coming out of the last two days, which is Aston Martin are, people are walking around going like, this is like, they're okay. They're not doing glory runs or, you know, two seconds, taking all the fuel out and being three seconds quicker but you could actually i guess draw some parallels there with the the job that williams has to do because dan fallows was their head of aerodynamics at red bull joined the team in sort of mid 2000s bit of a tug of war with mclaren at some point he ended up staying at red bull anyway um as the head of aerodynamics but then went to become a technical director at aston martin and i forget like he's a because there was gardening leave or maybe not i forget when he first started and there was a kind of a bit of a war of words over Red Bull philosophies ending up in, in in Aston Martin last year. But either way, like that's Aston Martin have navigated that problem. But it's easier, I guess, if you have got a little bit of stroll money behind you and, you know, you've got Vettel at the team and then Alonso at the team. Different problem at Williams, I presume, in attracting that level of top talent. People who work in Formula One, by and large, are highly competitive, highly motivated individuals and they want to work with the best people and the best equipment uh, which will make them look good and enable them to win races. What they don't want to do is work for a, a, a team that hasn't won in years and years. Uh, it's, for instance, Williams, you know, the, the 2012 Spanish Grand Prix victory for Pastor Maldonado was fortuitous to an extent, but Pasta did very well to to win the race, made made the best of the opportunities he had. It, it's a team that's been in decline for a long time and which has undergone numerous attempts at change, which clearly haven't worked. Do you have to do? Do you want to go and work for a team that's that deeply troubled? Maybe if the paycheck is right, but uh, <laughs> whenever whenever such things are floated, I mentioned the mm. the relatively famous example of Dr. Harvey Postlethwaite, who was paid an awful lot of money at Ferrari, and he wrote that figure down on a piece of paper and kept it in his top drawer, so that when all the appallingness involved 
of working at Ferrari in the 1980s, the politics, <laughs> the backstabbing, the madness, um, the incompetence. When, when all that started to get to him, uh, he, would, he would just open his drawer and look at his salary, close drawer again. Okay, this is why I do it. <laughs> think of the pension. Think, you know, think long term. Uh, and it's a nice position to be in, I guess, if you haven't got to pay the mortgage at the end of, of the month. But um, there's a few couple of little things to wrap up with. We'll stick with Aston Martin and Alonso, actually, and when he'll be in the car, because we know a little bit more about their plans with Lance Stroll and his injury, and a bit, a lot of speculation yesterday about his his mountain biking accident being worse than they were letting on. What have the team said officially? Because now we know Drogovic is going to be in the car tomorrow morning, Alonso in the afternoon for the final day. I think people are doing, you know, drawing a line to next weekend going racing and saying, well, actually, you know, Stroll is if he's broken both his wrists which I don't think is official or not. The team haven't told us. It's not official, no. Okay, they're going to need either Drogovic or Van Dorn or somebody in that car. So can you fill us in on what is the official line? The official line is that there is no decision as yet, but um, Felipe Drogovic will be driving the car tomorrow morning, which is interesting in itself because uh, they're obviously giving him more time in the car, but the the morning session here at Bahrain it's not one where you want to be trying to put on uh, sticky tires and set a quick time because the the conditions of the day are such that the car balance will be all wrong you you want to be in the sort of the sweet spot for the time that the track sessions on and and the race itself will be on so they're clearly still prioritizing Fernando Alonso's wants and needs they're certainly not going to be sticking him in that the f1 driver equivalent of a radio dj in the graveyard slot hello to all you <laughs> truckers out there um so they're giving Filippo Drogovic some track time and you know you you can infer from that 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 is maybe fernando doesn't want to spend the rest of the weekend sitting on a soft cushion uh, uh maybe he's generously said okay you can let the other guy take the graveyard mm. slot and he can say hello to all the truckers out there <laughs> um the but it, it's it you, you can healthily infer from that that they are looking towards Drogovic mm. um taking part in the Bahrain Grand Prix next weekend but as as yet at the time of speaking there has been absolutely nothing in terms of concrete word about the scale of Lance's in injuries or indeed when they happened which is very important mm. when it comes yeah. to recovery from injuries and of course when when there's no official uh, word speculation rushes in to fill the vacuum and so what 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 do we actually know well um it's on we have it on quite good authority that he was operated on by Dr. Javier Mir in uh in Spain and he's a guy who's put Mark Marquez back together again a good few times. Uh it's it's understood that he's he's currently in a in a clinic in Switzerland that's slightly less well sourced. Mm. And and there are people quite close to the team who who say that um let's just say it, if he does come to Bahrain he'll trigger the metal detector at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Poor guy. And on that bombshell, that's our podcast for today. Thank you, Codders, for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I think, unless you want to nominate somebody else to do this, I mean, I, I, won't, I won't be offended. No, no, I, 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 I always enjoy talking to you, Martin, and it's the perfect way to reflect on a day of track activity. And obviously, it being testing, it's a lot of hours where 
cars are going around, but not very much is happening. But mm. the just the thought of, of, of doing a podcast actually does enable you to sort of focus in your mind on, on the stories that are actually going on behind this endless, to, to quote Marcus Pye, lappery. That's our podcast for today. Thank you for listening, dear listener. Uh, you can follow our coverage here. We do make some videos every day as well from the gang who are out in Bahrain. So check out our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply